members of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. My co-host today, Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author. We will be answering your questions about your life and your money. Thank you for jumping in, America. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Jeff is going to start us off this hour in Cincinnati. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Jeff. I'm, I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, um, I'm kind of a new follower. I just found you earlier this year. Um, had some questions about potentially refinancing uh, our house. Mm-hmm. Um, we originally bought it back in January of 2021. Um, this was obviously before we knew you, and we, we got a 30-year loan um, at 2.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, kind of considering, do we, do we move to a 15-year? But my biggest concern with that is that we're giving up that 2.5% rate to go somewhere around 5% or so. You're right to be um, concerned. So make more I, would, sense I, would to, not, I would not do that. You're right. Okay. No, so you, ke- you keep, the existing, a, keep the existing mortgage you have. If you calculate a 30-year mortgage and you calculate a 15-year mortgage at the same interest rate, in your case 2.5, and you pay the difference, like you, like you took out a 30 and you pay the extra amount, as in the difference between a 15 payment and a 30 payment, it will pay off in mm-hmm. exactly 15 years. Okay. You do not have to refinance to pay a loan off in 15 years. You just have to pay it like it's a 15-year payment, and it'll pay right out. Um, or more, of course, and then it would pay out even sooner. So never refinance just to move from a 30 to a 15 uh, uh, because you take on the closing costs at a minimum, and in this case, you'd go up an in interest rate. So you never do that. Just pay extra on it, and you'll get there. Okay. Um, that was easy, well, wasn't it? As far as as far as how much um, like house I can afford, uh, we were well within the twenty five percent. I'm kind of calculating it off of Great. the two and a half percent rate that we have. Great. Um, but with rates now, I know we're not refinancing, mm-hmm. um, but that would obviously put us probably closer to the 30% mark. Do we yeah. have... Well, it doesn't matter. You could, it doesn't matter. You're, you're fine. You know, the reality is your house payment is a fourth of your take-home pay at a 15-year on two and a half. And so you're fine. The reason we put that in place is not to keep people from buying homes. And, John, people are really mad right now about you hate home house ownership. prices. Apparently, I hate home, home ownership, and I'm an unrealistic old... Um, boomer or whatever other terms of derision you can throw at my bald head but the um the, i don't care if you get a house you can't afford it doesn't affect me it affects you if you buy a house you can't afford jeff's in good shape he's not got any issues but here's the thing and i've been answering this question the same way for 30 years like we have people call us from california well dave you're you know you can't buy a house in california for that uh that means you can't buy you a house, can't buy a house. That's California right. for that. That's what that means. Um, you also may not be able to buy a Bentley. Uh, you also may not be, you know, when I grew up, the, this county that we live in is the 11th wealthiest county in the nation, the wealthiest county in Tennessee, Williamson County, Tennessee, where you and I are sitting right now, where both of us live now. When I was growing up, that's where the rich people lived. 
and we said stuff like you can't afford to live there <laughs> and you know what not everybody can afford to live there yeah. you know everybody can afford to live on rodeo drive or in downtown manhattan or downtown tokyo or downtown london it's freaking expensive and so sometimes you just have to say i can't afford it number one but number two here, the reason for this is we know from the data of doing this for 30 years that your most likely way to become wealthy is to get your home paid off as soon as possible and all other debts too because it, it frees up your most powerful wealth building tool and so if you keep a mortgage around like it's a pet for your whole life because you're thinking well i'm always going to have a mortgage and the only way i can afford a mortgage the only way i'm ever going to get a house because i'll never get a house i'll never get a house i'm so stuck and it's just not fair and life's not fair and i'm a four-year-old in the cereal aisle throwing a fit and i want captain crunch dead blame it you know and it's just like and you just everybody's acting like that right now and so i'm sorry you i'm i'm sorry that when i was a kid i couldn't live in williamson county i couldn't afford it my family didn't make that kind of money i'm sorry i had a traumatized childhood i'm sorry but it's it's the way life is and so you know the answer is no the reason you tell yourself no is so you can tell yourself yes later so if you go buy a house you can't afford and you go take car payments out that you can't afford and you go take which nobody can you go take out a student loan and you go take out mastercard and visa and american distress you're going to be normal and normal is you work your whole life and give all of the money you earn to someone else in the form of payments and retire broke and hope social insecurity will take care of you who the crap wants to be normal right and so you've got to break this cycle and not be angry at me or at the world or at instagram or twitter or whatever it is you're angry at this week um because house prices went up i'm really sorry i i don't want you to uh, be upset i don't want you to not have a house but also don't want you to do something stupid that's going to keep you broke your whole life i'll throw a third one on there dave i have found in my life when i've had a 30-year mortgage and i've had a couple of those in the 15-year I can have all the best intentions with a 30-year mortgage, but when it comes down to it, every single month, somebody invites me out to a thing, Mm -hmm. or hey, we're all going out to this thing, and whether I've got the best intentions or I've got all the willpower in the world, it's really hard for me to make that to double that payment or to make that gap payment between Mm -hmm. the 30-year note is is requiring me to pay and what I could be paying for that 15-year. With the 15-year... I'm locked into it. I got to do it. One of the things I figured out when I very first started doing this stuff with financial peace, when I started studying rich people, is they put smart things on autopilot. Yes. I don't want to think about it. 100% of the 15-year mortgages pay off in 15 years Mm -hmm. or less. Yep. 100%. Or they get foreclosed on. I mean, 100% of them do. Okay? People that take out a 30 promising to pay a 15, the studies say 92% do not. Mm Stick with the schedule. I was so just, you, if you if you put a system in place that you have to be in the top eight percent is the only way you win. You lose. You're gonna. Lose. That's dumb. I just was listening to some obesity researchers today, and they were talking about step one: create an environment where you can at least attempt to be successful. Get yeah. the junk out of your house. Yeah. Right. You can't have it all there and say I'm going to make good choices because you're not going to make good well, choices. James Clear talks about that in Atomic Habits. Yeah. Talks about the exact same thing. What is it? You're trying to create a habit, then don't put stuff that's contrary to the habit right in front of you. The opposite of paying the mortgage off early, uh, another autopilot, is the 401ks. That's why they're so successful. You never see the money. It just comes out of your check automatically. 
or an auto draft on your checking account for your Roth IRAs or your kids 529. You autom- you're an automatic investor. And David Bach made, had a best-selling book, The Automatic Millionaire or whatever it was called. Uh, and he said, just put everything on automatic. And you know what? There's something to that. And so quit do, quit thinking you're like have superpowers just to get to buy crap you can't afford. It's a bad idea. Hey guys, George Camel here, and I'm so excited to tell you about the newest product from Ramsey. It's called Gazelle, and it's a digital banking experience that will help you spend and save the Ramsey way with banking services provided by Pathword NA. You'll get a single spending account with no monthly fees, and it's FDIC insured through Pathword NA. We're offering early access to our beta customers so you can help us make it the best experience it can be. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Gazelle to sign up for the waitlist today. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. One of the things we are doing today and this week is we're talking about the importance of insurance. Uh, the subject no one likes to talk about. Everybody say it with me. Insurance sucks until you need it, right? And then it doesn't. And then when you got it and you need it, it's like the right kind and you did the right thing. But it's confusing. Too many people buy the wrong stuff. They spend the wrong money on the wrong things. But insurance is a huge blessing because people that build wealth not only play offense, they also play defense. And insurance is the defense side. And so in honor of uh, this insurance week here, we're talking about the confidence in your coverage program that George Camel put out uh, with our Ramsey trusted people and all the stu- details on your insurance. It's really good stuff. Donna is on the line. Donna's in Pensacola, Florida. So Donna, talk about insurance and the importance of it in your life. Donna. Donna. Uh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Hey, okay. how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Good. Talk about insurance and the um, importance of it in your situation. So I wanted to speak specifically to insurance and life insurance with second marriages. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there with second marriages, and it adds in some factors that maybe you hadn't thought about before. So what happened in my situation was my husband passed away two years ago, and when I contacted the um department at his work for life insurance, it turns out they never got his change of beneficiary form. Hmm. So when we both got married, we both filled out the change of beneficiary forms and we sent them in and apparently they got mine and didn't get his. So all of his life insurance went to his ex-wife who, you know, hated him and didn't want to have anything to do with him. And so we had no idea. We were married for three years. We had no idea that they never received that document. And we could have known. We could have known because they send you back a copy that they received it. We never followed up to check on it. Mm. Um, 
another thing that happened was you get, when you retire or die, you get paid for your unused vacation time and unused sick leave. One of the, they're considered separate leave. And one of them has a beneficiary form and the other one doesn't. Well, he'd worked there for 30 years. So, you know, back when he was 18, he had signed a beneficiary form for whichever one has one and totally forgot that that even existed because it's not like a huge amount of money like life insurance is. So turns out he didn't change that beneficiary form. So it went to somebody else. And then I got the other one. Want to go back to like his parents or something or? No, he he was married for a short time back when he was 18, so it probably went back to that wife. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then... This uh, sucks. All the ex-wives got money. All the ex-wives got money. Well, I got the TSP, but uh, the life insurance, I think, was higher at that point in time. Um, And another thing that I came across, and I don't know which this is from. I don't know if it's from his military time or from a life insurance policy or what it was from, but there was somebody who, before they would distribute funds, I had to come up with the marriage dates and divorce dates of the previous spouses. Hmm. So he'd been married a short time when he was very young, when he was in the military, and then he'd been married for a, a long time for a second marriage, and I was the third. So I looked through all his forms, and I found all that and had it, but I, I called up, you know, people that I knew that were on a second marriage. I'm like, you I guess because they were trying married, to pr- they were trying to prove that he wasn't married to more than one person. Yes, they yeah. wanted to make sure that yeah. he really was divorced from previous marriages. Wow. Yeah. So those are all things that I'm recommending that people look into. Don't just assume you've got yeah. all your details in order. Um, I mean, we so when you went through house, the confidence oh, in your coverage series, is that the kind of thing that jumped out to you, or did you pick up something else? Uh, the thing that jumped out to me in that, because I had been uh, I had been listening intently and to, for a few years, and so I had you know background on almost everything. But one thing that jumped out to me in the little questionnaire that you take yourself was about long term care insurance, and I'm fifty seven, so I'm not sixty yet. But it caused me to check into it because I have a diagnosis that I thought might make me ineligible, and it did. Mm. So it just, um, it's, it's a kidney disease. It doesn't affect my life. I'm totally healthy. I just have to get my blood checked every year to make sure it isn't progressing. So I don't think about it a lot. Mm. But it's enough to make me ineligible for long-term care insurance. I wouldn't be able to get life insurance now, things like that. That if you get a diagnosis, and I've had the diagnosis for 20 years, so if you get it when you're younger and you find out you're ineligible later for these things, you need to go ahead and build up your nest egg and, and be prepared for those kinds of expenses. For real. For real. So it sounds like what, what you're, you're mentioning here is it goes back to one word that I just keep hearing over and over as you're talking, and that's this idea of being highly intentional about the hard conversations. There is a chance, no matter how small – um, that something may happen to one of you. And we need to make sure all of our ducks in a row and we need to make that extra phone call at work, sit down with our insurance agent and make sure we're covered. Make sure these things are in order so that if the unthinkable happens, which in your case it did, we're covered. Everybody's on the same right. page. He, he was 49 when he drowned in the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. So if you think, oh, I'll check into it when I'm older, don't check into it when you're older. When it comes to second marriages, there's so many other things to think about. Another thing to think about 
is the relationship your spouse has with your own kids. Because you need to think when you get married a, a second time, you need to think, okay, yes, we our, our life insurance policies are mirrored. They say the same thing. Everything will go to our kids. But that's only if you die at the same time. If one of you dies first and the person who survives doesn't have a relationship with your kids and everything is going to your spouse that you love and that you chose, and then, and then later on they die, everything goes to their kids and your kids get nothing. Mm. You might want some stuff to go to your kids when you die because your spouse may live longer and your spouse may marry somebody else. And then their kids, some yeah. part you don't even know gets everything, and then yeah. your your kids and your spouse's kids don't get any of it. So it gets, su- it gets super complicated get, to do a will and to do the beneficiaries and everything. Yeah, right. And, and thinking through not necessarily the first movement, the first rhythm, if something happens, but the second one is the one that's hard to anticipate. Yeah, yeah, like, because all the beneficiary forms I've seen say if you fill this out then boom, that person gets it, whatever you want happens. If you don't fill it out, then the system has to go through the process of figuring out who really gets it. And if it's your first marriage, it's going to be the spouse. If you're in your second marriage, holy cow, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's good insight, Donna. Thank you for sharing all that. Wow. Pretty important. Crazy, crazy stuff. Well, you can uh, go to RamseySolutions.com and check out the Confidence in Your Coverage series. There is a five-part series there. They're all very short. They're all very fun and funny because it is George Campbell, after all. And um, RamseySolutions.com slash confidence. It is a free five-day video guide to walk you through the different kinds of insurance. And Donna's insights are uh, really, really valuable there. Um, and, And... you know, the the thing is, John, these aren't things, right? Doing a will, making sure your beneficiaries are right, making sure the name on your mutual fund account is changed, uh, all those kinds of things are, um, none of this is like, sit down and have fun. No. This is not like, I get to do the most fun thing this weekend, I'm working on this crap. Right. But, um, but it, it, you know, when you've got all that in order, that is one way you are saying to your wife, your husband, your kids, I love you. I love you. Even when I'm not here, I love you. Yeah, it's it's that level of diligence. And by the way, it is the difference in poor people and rich people often. Wealthy people do this kind of stuff. Uh, people who, well, I don't have any money, doesn't matter. Well, it's kind of a correlation there. Mm-hmm. You know, do the, do, do the intentional, diligent thing. Take care of the little things. And the big things tend to take care of themselves. This is The Ramsey Show. number one best-selling author and Ramsey personality is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. A whole bunch of folks visiting us today. Thank you for visiting us, guys. By the way, if you're ever in the uh, Franklin, Tennessee, south of Nashville area and want to stop by, it is a free visit to the Ramsey uh, complex, including the uh, visitor center here in the lobby. And you can watch the show. We tape the show every day from 1 to 4. Or we do the show live. It is also simultaneously taped from 1 to 4. 
Central every day. And in the middle of that lobby is the debt-free stage. On that stage is Jonathan and Amy. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Welcome. Where do you guys live? Um, Watkins Glen, New York. All right. Cool. Welcome to Nashville. Thank how much you. debt have you paid off? 102000 All right. How long did this take? Four years. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Uh, Sixty to seventy-five thousand. Cool. What do y'all do for a living? I'm a teaching assistant. Mm-hmm. I was a vehicle purchaser for a scrapyard, and I currently am a teaching assistant now. Oh, okay. Both of you. Good. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Cool. So, what kind of debt was the hundred and two thousand? A lot of things. It was credit card debt, personal loans, family loans. Uh, we owed some library money. Like <laughs> <laughs> we owned, or we owed everything. The library. Yeah. It's like one of those dreams you have in the middle of the night that you forgot from thirty years when ago. When you're in hawk to yeah. the library, that's knowing you're not yeah. you're not doing well. It's pretty bad. It's actually really bad when you don't have money to buy a coffee, and then you're like, let's just transfer money over, and yeah, it's cool. Like oh, it's man. all good. So you're normal. Pretty normal. Yeah. Normal's no fun, and you decided to change four years ago. What caused you to do this Ramsey stuff? Tell us the story. Well, so our church was doing a um, Ramsey. Yeah. Financial Peace University. Thank you. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm really okay. nervous. No trouble. <laughs> but um, so, I mean, really, they were the catalyst. Higher Hope um, mm-hmm. in Big Flats, New York was like the huge catalyst to it. Mm-hmm. I thought we were fine. Honest to God, I just thought credit cards were just normal, and they are. we pay them mm-hmm. when we can. <laughs> <laughs> when we want to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so my husband was super nerdy and really wanted to get into this, and I was very reluctant. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's just try it. Like, let's look at everything, kind of try it. Mm-hmm. It was a little Ramsey-ish. Mm-hmm. Through the course, I was kicking and screaming. Oh, okay. Um. But then I really got on board, especially when we started seeing the little wins. It was so big for us. Um, He was a great big support. I mean, he kind of just, I don't know, the whole time you were just not harsh, but like kind of real, but Mm -hmm. it was really good. Like, I don't know. We just, and we saw our girls kind of prospering. Mm. I had never seen money talk. Um, He hadn't either. But the girls, I mean, they play your show every Saturday on Alexa. They say, Alexa, play the Ramsey show, and we oh. listen to it. So it's, I mean, that's our why. That's wow. our huge why. Very cool. It's awesome. So, and they love knowing that they can plan for the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're 7 and 10. So I love it. It's awesome. It's very good. So you kicked and screamed all the way through the course or up until the <laughs> last one or all the way through, and, and really, he won you over simply by causing the, the money to start winning. Okay, so I would say it was about two weeks in we started making friends. It, we'd went through a live course, so it was really nice to see other people yeah. kind of going through the same struggles mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the same kind of, I don't know, tantrum moments yeah. that I had. It takes of some of the shame away from the process. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, Y'all going through the same thing. Yeah. And then we actually, like, I don't know, I bet you about three in, um, I kind of, it all clicked and we were starting to pay off more and it was doing really good and... We had our emergency fund, and it was really... Yeah. And then we taught it at our church. So, oh, whoa. You yeah. went all the way. We yep. did. It was full circle. But I l- kind of hoped I like let the shame, like my hair straightener broke one time, and I was like, guys, I'm not buying it. It's not my budget. So this is what you have to look at this week. I'm really sorry. <laughs> and you su- Hold on. This is important. <laughs> and you survived? I did. did, they, did hey, more importantly, did the rods and cones in there, did they survive too? Yeah. Everything was great. <laughs> Whoa. Everything was great. Wow. Yeah. It felt like weird to be weird, but it feels even better now to be weird. So 
So, so Jonathan, yeah. what was it like dragging like a hurricane through this process? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. We were we were together, but she just had struggles, and I. You know. It was good. So it was that's really a wise, good. wise answer, man. Wise. Yeah, you're, you're you're a good man, that's Jonathan. Right. Well done, you guys. Thank All right. You. So, what do you tell people now that you're coordinators? Now that you paid off one hundred and two thousand, you're actual professionals. Now, what do you tell them the key to getting out of debt is? God, doing the budget. You just got to start somewhere and budget's keep going. huge. It's huge. It is your guideline. It's your everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's neither one or the other telling each other you can't do it. Mm. It's literally there on paper. So, I mean, Amy's talking like a real free spirit, but a real free spirit who had a vote. She, I did. She, you had you had control in this. You weren't John the one telling you what to do. Mm-mm. Both of you are voting and you're agreeing and like two grown ups. This is where we're going and this is the price we're going to pay to get there. If you live like no one else, later you can live and give like no one else. Absolutely. And you said something powerful. You shift the blame to this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And so I don't hate Jonathan for saying no. You, we can yeah. grit our teeth at this budget, right? But yeah. the budget said. The budget said. Yeah. It was the budget. Cool. What was your What was your favorite uh, altercation? What was the, the thing biggest that, fight? The you biggest had. fight you had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he remembers his, but you go ahead and answer. <laughs> okay, so you have your fun money, and I decided to grow my fun money by selling like thrifted items and stuff. And my husband said, "Well, you can't do that. <laughs> your fun money, it can't grow because you've got to pay off your debt and or our debt together." And well, she I, wanted to take her money and like. Invest it and then keep her extra money. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I got the program here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, it was a kicking and screaming moment in yeah. the very beginning. You I have to give it. some grace. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, that was that was big, Jonathan. It, yeah, you guys, you're perfect for each other. I mean, y'all. Like you make his life fun. This I is mean, great. I mean, this we try. Great. And he makes sure there's water coming out of the faucet every month. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You guys got us down. Yeah, you guys are all That's right. It. This That's is fantastic. great. This is a perfect. Y'all are a perfect couple. This is great. So well done. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you. How's it feel to be free? Feels amazing. Awesome. Our marriage is way better than yeah. anything I could have imagined. That's why I take the different job too as a job switch because I've been the same job for 12 years and then we got that free. I'm like, we can make some choices. He's mm. going back to school um, to be a teacher. So, ah, good. you know, he's living out his dream mm-hmm. too. And that's yeah. really cool. That's very cool. That's incredible. And that wasn't going to happen as long as you just kept uh, swimming in credit card debt. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. There's no way. You guys are powerful. Well done. Thank you for going to be a teacher, man. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. We need good people teaching. He's pretty good at being a TA, so he'll be a really good teacher. Amen. Good stuff. All right. You brought the kiddos with you. What are their names and ages? Um, Eliza is 10 mm-hmm. and Marlena is 7. All right. Very good. Well, we've got a copy of the Baby Steps Millionaire's book for you because that's the next chapter in your story for sure. I mean, uh, from kicking and screaming to coordinating, we've gone all the way through the whole thing. I like it. That's that's the best kind right there. And uh, we've also got a copy of Total Money Makeover for you to give to somebody in one of your classes. And we'll give you a one-year subscription to Financial Peace University. You can find somebody that needs to go through the class when you're leading it and awesome. help them out doing that. Thank you. Uh, of course, that comes with the Every Dollar Premium. And this is the brand new lessons that just came out. Awesome. Uh, the brand new videos just came out. So make sure you're jumping in there and getting all that done when you're coordinating. Good stuff. Thank you guys so much. You're incredible. I'm so proud of you. You're rock stars. Thank you. What well, heroes. Took care of your life, man. Jonathan, Amy, Eliza, and Marlena. 
Watkins Glen, New York. 102,000 paid off in four years, making 60 to 75,000. Count it down. Let's hear a debt free scream. Three, Three two, two, one. one. We're, We're debt free. This is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Powerful. Powerful. Good stuff. Good stuff. Grown-ups being grown-ups. It's a good thing in America. Raising grown-ups. Yeah. Raising another batch of grown-ups. It's really good. This is the Ramsey Show. Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Sierra is with us in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Sierra. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, we just completed Baby Steps 2 through 4, and we have approached Baby Steps 5, but my husband and I have a disagreement um, when it comes to saving for your kid's college fund. Um, I'm all for it, and my husband is against it against saving for your kid's um, college putting any, yes, he does not think he should pay for his kid's college or anything having to do with it correct how come uh, so we both went to college got our bachelor's degree my husband about four years ago um, ended his career and switched into a trade um the trade by far in two years he was making what he was making doing his college career job and he thinks that college is like a waste of money now that he's been in the trade and he also believes that my son or our son I should say sorry um will appreciate money more which I disagree if he has to pay for it himself so um and also in addition I don't know how long it will be, but the union has started a program where they pay 100% of the college, but the degree options are limited at this point. So there's that kind of ball in the court, too, as well. Okay. Um, Well, I paid for all three of my children's college education, and it had nothing to do, uh, that did not cause them to not have an appreciation for the dollar. All three of them understand work ethic. All three of them understand the value of a dollar. And so your husband's full of crap on that subject. I have proof otherwise. Um, now, I understand because I come from the same I'm cut out of the same cloth he's cut out of. He believes in hard work. He believes in earning your way. And he believes it's good for your kid to build those muscles of self-reliance and 
destiny and uh, contr- you know, I, I agree with all that. And I've got a friend who's an NFL football player, uh, ex-NFL football player who uh, grew up blue-collar dad that uh, was a dock worker. And his dad said they're not paying for nothing. He went to school on a scholarship playing football and then went on into the NFL. And he refused to, in the NFL, making NFL money to save anything for his kid's college. So, uh, but uh, the idea that the only way your child learns the value of a dollar is to make sure they have no dollars is bullcrap. Okay, but they, but but I do understand his line of thinking. So I don't disagree with. I understand how he got there. He's just wrong. Okay, so you can teach a kid the value of a dollar. You can teach them hard work, even if they come from a family of means, even if they come where they have a college fund. Um, and and uh, you can actually hold it over their head to make sure that they learn these things, you know. Um, uh, and the other thing I would just say is the other place I, I – and I do agree with him that the trades are oftentimes a better option than a, a stupid butt degree – that is nuanced and has absolutely no application in the real world. I'm going to get a degree in German polka history and left-handed puppetry and then bitch and moan because society owes me something while I'm a barista. That's just dumb, okay? And that happens all the time out there. And I I, I agree with him that we're not going to salute that stupidity either. But to say that all kids don't need a four-year education is ludicrous. It's nonsense. So let me me tell you this. Um, My grandmother, my grandma, smoked when she was younger. She, when she passed away, she did not pass away from lung cancer. That doesn't mean that lung cancer doesn't give you, or smoking doesn't give you cancer. I think we've proven equivocally that, that smoking increases cancer rates exponentially. Just because your husband got a four-year degree and has found more success in a trade doesn't mean that all people who get four-year degrees are dumber than people who get go to trades. It's just not how the, it works. I nor does it mean the opposite. Nor does it mean the opposite that if you're if you get a go to a trade and don't go get a four year degree, you're dumb. Right? Because there's some people need to do that too. We need people in the trades. We need people yes. with. But but to not have a money allocated to cause the future success of your child, whether it's a certification as a diesel mechanic or and pay for that, or whether it's a four year degree in business and pay for that. Uh, you're giving your kids options when you do that. When you have no money set aside, you took away a lot of the options. That's right. And I will. I've got several friends who had assistance with with financial assistance. Uh, my family was in a position to do that. And I will tell you, we are the same age, and we all equally work really hard. And the their ability to do some things early on when it came to investing, when it came to home buying, that I wasn't able to do has accelerated their wealth building because they had options. And so I'm like Dave. I, my kids will know how to work hard. They will know how to how to grind and hustle and what a dollar means. And Lord willing, if I'm able to help them pay for their college education um, or their trades, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make every effort possible to make that happen. Yeah. And so here's the thing. 100% of the humans out there, uh, unless they have a, 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 a mental disability, need some kind of education post high school to be financially successful it's not a hundred percent necessary but it's 98 percent necessary you really don't take a single thing after high school you are behind the curve 
And so you need to go get certifications in Microsoft and go into technology at the local community college or tech college. That's fine. That's going into a trade. You go be a diesel mechanic. That's fine. Be a welder. That's fine. Get your real estate license. Get your real estate license. That's fine. But continuing education throughout your life is the path of successful people. We have people that come in here, they're 40 years old, and applying for a, a leadership role in there, and I ask them what book they've read, and they can't remember one. Well, they disqualify. <laughs> you know, right. you don't get to come in here and be a leader. You're not learning anything new. You always are learning. And so you always want to encourage learning is a, is a continual process. We love books. We love reading. We love learning. Uh, but we res- and, and we respect your ability to go into the military we respect your ability to go into a trade we respect and and those are fine career paths and we've and the higher education communities look down their nose at them for too long so i agree with lifting those up mike Rowe is a good friend of mine we're in agreement about that dirty jobs guy you know and so uh he's got a whole movement on the trades thing and but he's not against college He's got a degree, you know, and, and this is Mr. Dirty Jobs, for God's sakes, you know. And so, uh, you know, all of that to say uh, I understand completely and agree with why your husband is saying what he's saying, but I think he's taking a wrong track. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you I think you put the money aside. Money for future learning will never go to waste. Exactly. It's, all, it's always the best and investment. And build a culture in your house of hard work and future learning. That's right. You know, you're always going to be learning. You're always going to be reading. You're always going to be learning. You're always going to be reading. You know, I was telling the story to our team yesterday. We've adopted uh, a school here at Ramsey that was my old elementary school. And we were able to go in several years ago and rebuild the library and uh, in the name of, in the honor of my old principal in, out of our family foundation. Now our company is adopting this and coming around these 83 teachers and trying to help them because these poor teachers, man, they're just getting, it's just ridiculous out there. Anyway, but um, when I was showing that video of that library, I started crying. I had to walk out, Dave. I walked out because I was crying. Like it came over. And it's just like, because that library is where I learned to read. Mm-hmm. I came out of the first grade and the second grade not knowing how to read. Yeah. And my second grade teacher, bless her heart, didn't know how to teach. And she she worked one year, and those hillbilly kids drove her out of business. <laughs> and so, but um, then the, the so I go in the third grade reading on a first grade level, and Miss Mary Jane Hurt taught me to read. And by the time I go out of the fourth grade level, out of the fourth grade, I'm reading on a sixth grade level. So that little library, and I've got I've had seven number one best selling books sold, twenty five million books that I wrote. Mm. Okay, that doesn't happen unless you read. Right. A lot. Yeah. That goes with the territory. So learning is a good thing. Learning is a good thing. So, you know, I I love guys like your husband, though, Sierra. I I almost could get on his side on this, except he's wrong. He's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Open phones at 888-825-5225. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's John Deloney, co-host of The Ramsey Show. Did you know over 18 million people listen to The Ramsey Show every week? A lot of those people listen on one of our 600-plus radio stations across the country. To find a station near you, go to RamseySolutions.com slash show.